0: It's good to be with you, and it's so good to see so many friends. Please forgive me if I uh, ask you, uh, where did we first meet? <laughs> uh, I'm at a point in life where I have a good memory. It's just short, and uh, so it has to be reminded. Uh, of course, at my age, it's difficult to walk and chew gum at the same time. But uh, we're just delighted to be here with you. and so good to see uh, folks who served with us, uh, Bob and Serena Myers here, who are, who are representatives for the Sign Ministries in Latin America, and did such a wonderful job for us, and just uh, great friends. And then Charles and I, of course, uh, we did a lot of seminars and teaching together, and it's just good to be back with you for this special time. Uh, for me, uh, uh, I should mention Alan as well, Alan Kirshner. Uh, I first met Alan when it, one of the, in the early days of the Sign Ministries as he arranged for a conference here in Eau Claire, was downtown in an old movie theater, I remember that, <laughs> and uh, we had a great number of people there in a great time, and this, I believe, is my fourth time in Eau Claire uh, sharing with you, and it's a delight to be back. For me, uh, this is home. We now live in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, south of Nashville, and uh, yet this is home. Uh, uh, just a few miles up the road, the other side of Menominee, a little town called Downing. Uh, back many, many years ago, I was born, and uh, did most of my growing up years in milwaukee so to answer anyone's question yes i am a cheesehead, head <laughs> uh, and uh, it's good to be back in the, in this part of the country uh, what a wonderful opportunity god gave me through the years to be able to share with people all over the world the wonderful truth of the word of god in relationship to the coming of christ uh, so many times I've talked to pastors and they've said, uh, well, we never preach in Revelation. It's too controversial. Uh, folks, it's truth and it needs to be taught. And I just had the privilege of teaching a small church down in Tennessee uh, on Sunday evenings, the book of the Revelation. And uh, it's to me, it was a, a wonderful experience because here are people who just have not been taught and they sit on the edge of their seats and get excited about what the scriptures have to say about the days before us. And it has a lot to say. Uh, Charles last night very well brought out the point that we're not to look to the calendar, but we're to look to the seasons, the signs. And Israel is the key. Israel is the key. And even more important or as important is the city of Jerusalem. Now you have heard that in the peace process uh, there are some issues that are what we would call sticky issues. And one of them is the settlements, and President Obama has made a big deal out of that, stopping the work in the settlements. Uh, That is not the crucial issue. Uh, Others have said, well, first of all, Israel has to be recognized by the Palestinians as a state, and they ought to be, but that's not the crucial issue. The crucial issue is the city of Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem. It's the key city in all of God's plans, both for the Jews and the Gentiles. Jerusalem, indeed, occupies a chosen place in the divine plan of God for for the ages. In Psalm 87, in verse 2, we read, The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the other dwelling places of Jacob. In Psalm 113, verses 13 and 14, it says, For the Lord has chosen Zion... Jerusalem, he desires it for his habitation. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. In fact, the prophet Ezekiel, in Ezekiel chapter 5 and verse 5 says, Thus says the Lord God, this is Jerusalem. I have set her at the center of the nations with the lands around her. Jerusalem. Uh, In the Bible, it's referred to as Salem or Zion. Or Ariel, uh, in Revelation 11, it's even spoken of as Sodom and Egypt, the city of Jerusalem. 660 times in the Old Testament and 142 times in the New Testament, the city of Jerusalem is mentioned by name. And 400, over 480 of those instances re- refer to prophetic information concerning the city of Jerusalem, that which is yet to come. Jerusalem was indispensable to the first coming of Jesus Christ, and it will be indispensable to the second coming of Christ. But before his coming, there are some prophecies concerning Jerusalem that ought to be, that need to be fulfilled. Now, I, my time is short this morning, and so I'm going to center my thinking mostly upon the book of Zechariah. And if you want to understand what's ahead for Jerusalem, you just read the book of Zechariah. Now, <clears throat> if you are um, Southern Baptist, please forgive me, but I have moved into the Southern Baptist area down there, and uh, I find that uh, generally um, they're not very well taught, <laughs> and uh, they don't understand the importance. Of what's going on in the world today in relationship uh, to the, the end times and the importance of places like Jerusalem. Uh, before His coming, there 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 are some prophecies. Before His second coming, now there are some prophecies uh, concerning Jerusalem that are devastating. For example, in Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 3, it says, "And it will come about in that day." And of course, those of you who have been in seminars that I've taught understand that that day is the day of the Lord, the day when God rescues the righteous and destroys the wicked. And at that day, I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the peoples, all who lift it will be severely injured and all the nations of the earth will be gathered against it. In Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 2, it says, for I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle and the city will be captured, the houses plundered, the women ravished, and half the city exiled. That is yet to come for the city of, of Jerusalem. And we are today seeing the steps for these prophecies to be fulfilled. Contrary to the president of Iran, Israel is not going to be annihilated. Uh, they exist because they are God's people in God's plan. In 1948, with approximately 620,000 Jews in the, the land of Israel, David Ben-Gurion stood up on May 14th and declared that Israel was a nation against all the advice of the nations of the world. And on May 16th, they were attacked by five Arab nations with a population of over 40 million people, 40 million, 620,000. The Jews won the war. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. There, There is a theology about today that Israel has been replaced. I speak of it as replacement theology. Those who believe it uh, don't like that term. But uh, what they've done is replaced Israel with the church. Uh, the church is part of spiritual Israel, if you will. Uh, we are the offspring, as it speaks of in Revelation chapter 12 of Israel. But God has made promises to Israel, and and in those promises, He stated, these are forever. Now, I, I rejoice and I rest in the fact that I have everlasting life in Jesus Christ. That's forever. And when God makes a promise forever, He keeps His promises, and He made promises to Israel that are promises forever. He gave them the land, and you can read about it in Genesis chapter 13, Genesis chapter 15, Genesis chapter 17. And he said, that land will be yours and your descendants. How long? Forever. So Israel is still an important part of God's plan. And as God is bringing the people back into the land continually. uh, And Charles mentioned last night, I had read about that previously as well. And what an interesting thing that God is bringing people from the corners of the earth, as he says he would in Ezekiel chapter 36, back into the land uh, to, to settle there. So God is at work, and, and Israel will survive. Uh, but they have some difficult days ahead. Jerusalem is the most controversial city in the world. And the 35.5 acres of land that we know as the Temple Mount is the most controversial piece of land in the world. It sits right in Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem has been synonymous with conflict and siege and wars and battles almost from its very beginning. The earliest mention in the Bible, if you go way back uh, to uh, Genesis uh, chapter 14, and we meet Melchizedek, king of uh, uh, Salem, and uh, all through history. Uh, We don't have time to go there, but Israel has constantly been under siege and the 60 years plus of contemporary conflict since Israel's modern founding actually extend back into that ancient history uh, there is a hatred that exists and uh, no amount of diplomacy or speech or, or peace treaties or pacts is going to eliminate that hatred and uh, Israel is under a lot of pressure uh, the great islamic wave is anti-semitic to the core and contrary to our president's desires There will not be peace in Israel until the Prince of Peace brings it. Uh, And he has promised to do that. Um, The central issue in, uh, really the contentious issue, if you will, in the peace process is who should control the city of Jerusalem. Who should control the city of Jerusalem. Today, the Palestinians desperately want their capital to be Jerusalem. And they want East Jerusalem and in East Jerusalem, you'll find the Temple Mount, which includes the Western Wall, which is so important to the Jews. And also the Old City of David is in the east part of Jerusalem. Uh, and uh, they want to take control of that. And uh, an article in uh, uh, the New York Times back a couple of years ago, I think, summarized the problem. It says Jerusalem is rarely publicly discussed by Israeli or Palestinian leaders in anything but black or white terms the eternal un, uh, it is the eternal undivided capital of israel on the one hand and on on the other the future capital of the palestinian state there's the conflict and that is the real issue in the middle east today as far as peace is concerned now i i have lived Life as an optimist. I always see the glass half full <laughs> or, and never half empty. And uh, I'm excited about the future, and I think today is an exciting time to be alive because we see the hand of God working in so many miraculous ways. Uh, but peace is, peace is not going to come through peace treaties to Israel. And uh, our government leaders, world government leaders, the leaders of our government just don't understand that. They don't get it. Uh, You see, the problem is that government leaders so often uh, believe that everyone's good, and you can can talk to everybody and the goodness will come out, where the Bible says everyone's bad. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, and we see that, and we understand that as believers. I was having a talk with uh, a friend of ours at breakfast this morning, and he said one of the things that he doesn't understand is how the church in America can ignore and believe that persecution should not be part of their lives. You know, in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 29, it says we're not only to believe in his name, but we're to be willing to suffer for his sake. Back a couple of years ago, I was in India, and I had my son Steve, who's a pastor in DeKalb, Illinois, with me, and we were in Hyderabad, and I have a friend there by the name of Stephen Bandella, Stephen Victoria Bandela, and uh, we spoke in their church. And Indian people are not, they don't show their emotions a lot. And at the end of the service, uh, Stephen and Victoria were, had their arms around each other, and they were crying. And uh, I said, I thought maybe we'd done something to offend them. And uh, I said, what, what's the problem? And then they said, we just got news that Victoria's uncle, who is a pastor of a village church, a home church, probably 20 people, a mob came in during his preaching and killed him. We don't know anything about that in America. We live the life of ease, and it's taking down a road to hell rather than a road to heaven. And uh, it's time the church wake up to that. And uh, difficulties are coming, and they certainly are going to be part of the uh, future for Israel. The most hotly contested part of Israel, of course, is the Temple Mount, Uh, The site of uh, two Islamic mosques, as well as the western wall uh, of the temple precincts destroyed by the Romans almost 2,000 years ago, which of course is extremely important to the Jews. And the problem within uh, Israel is secular Jews dream of an inclusive, utopian homeland based upon diplomacy. They think we can work all of this out, where the nationalist Jews stand on it. Uh, on expansionist territorial claims, and they rely on military dominance to, as a key to survival. And so you've got a conflict even within Israel. Uh, I don't know if anyone's Jewish here this morning. I don't mean to offend anyone at all, but my friend Marv Rosenthal often said you get two Jews together and you have at least three opinions. And uh, that's the problem that's going on within Israel today. They don't know the answer to it. And the reason they don't have the answers to the problems that they're facing Is that they're back in the land as dry bones in unbelief, in unbelief. But they will survive. They will survive. In Psalm uh, 122, uh, verses 6 and 7, it says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper uh, who love you. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. And then if you go back to Zechariah chapter 8 and verse 3, it says, I will return to Zion referring to Christ's second coming, and dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth, the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. In Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 1 it says, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and the nations shall flow to it. Now you can take that passage geographically or as it is often referred to, mountains are often referred to as the governmental system in the Old Testament. And so they are going to be the center of the earth. That day is coming. The capital of the earth will be Jerusalem. Satan knows that. Why will the Antichrist stand in the temple to declare himself as God? Because that's God's territory. That's God's capital. And Satan is the usurper. Uh, By the way, uh, I read an interesting article just the other day and uh, I... I'm not a great internet person. It's probably because of my age and the computers and all of that thing. But I like to get on there and look at all the different Jewish, uh, uh, newspapers and writers, uh, from Israel to get a real insight. You ought to do that. Uh, look it up. There's one newspaper. It's called Haaretz, H-A-A-R-E-T-Z. Rather liberal. But boy, do they give you the news of what's going on in Israel. And if you sign up, they'll send you their headlines every day. So you just, you just get, get all the news. Uh, And there's many other sites that that I check. And I found an interesting thing that there is now a union of third temple groups. There are a number of groups within Israel. Charles mentioned last night that now not only is the rebuilding of the temple important to the uh, ultra-conservative religious groups, but it's becoming more widespread within the land of Israel. And there are groups such as To the Mountain of the Lord, or the Jerusalem Temple Foundation, or the faithful of the Temple Mount, and they are now coming together uh, to see this happen. Folks, we are living in the last days of the last days, and we ought to wake up to the fact that that's where we are and recognize the importance of faithfulness. You know, I have friends, uh, uh, having been in this ministry for so long, people track me down, and I still get phone calls from people, and that's good, I enjoy that. But one of the questions... They often get is, what shall I do? Charles is going to talk about that, I'm sure, and he did a wonderful job in his recent book concerning what shall we do when these things come up on us. And my answer is simply this. God has called us to be faithful. To be faithful. To be faithful. I'm not so concerned about who the President of the United States is. I'm more concerned about the spreading of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. God's going to take care of that. In Paul's day, the government wasn't in his favor. And yet, he spread the gospel throughout the known world of that day. That's what we ought to be about. We ought to be concerned about it because the time is at hand. Uh, In uh, in that passage in Isaiah, it goes on to say in verse 4, "...Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob." He will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord for Jerusalem, from Jerusalem. In Zechariah chapter eight, there's an interesting passage. Uh, it, it, these things are kind of dispersed in and out of, throughout the book of, uh, of Zechariah, but in Zechariah chapter eight, I, I always enjoy reading this passage. It begins in verse uh, four. Thus says the Lord of Hosts: Old men, I like that. And old women will again sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each man with his staff in his hand because of his age. And the streets of the city will be filled with boys and girls playing in the streets. Thus the Lord of hosts, thus says the Lord of hosts, if it is too difficult in the sight of the remnant of this poor people in those days, will it also be too difficult in my sight? declares the Lord of hosts, thus says the Lord of hosts, behold, I am going to save my people from the land of the east and from the land of the west, And I will bring them back and they will live in the midst of Jerusalem and they will be my people and I will be their God in truth and righteousness. Now for those who are proclaiming like the preterists, that all of these things have already taken place, Israel has never lived in truth and righteousness. And there's a day coming when they will because God's plan is being carried out before our eyes. Now, Dennis mentioned this morning the landmarks, uh, you know, that you kind of hang your hat on when John Kennedy, what was I doing when John Kennedy, um, I'm a Pearl Harbor guy, uh, I can go back that far. <laughs> and I remember before 1948, uh, we moved from Downing, Wisconsin to Milwaukee in 1942. I was in the third grade. And uh, God moved us, in the sovereignty of God we moved because the first person we, one of the first persons we met in Milwaukee was a little lady by the name of Edith Tapper who taught third grade boys at Garfield Avenue Baptist Church for 60 consecutive years and saw that every boy was presented with the gospel of Jesus Christ and it was there that I came to know the Lord as as my savior but I so I've been involved in church for uh for over 65 years and uh one of the things I remember and I was interested in prophecy and I always heard the Lord can come any time in fact, uh, I remember, uh, you know, this this is how legalistic we used to live, I guess, and some of it was good and some of it was not so good, but I can remember going downtown Milwaukee and there was a burlesque theater and we used to cross the street and walk on the other side because we didn't want the Lord to come and be walking past the front of that burlesque theater. You know, we were conscious of the coming of the Lord. That was taught in our church. And of course, it was a, any moment, secret, pre-trib coming. But it did make me aware of the fact that Jesus is coming again and I remember an evangelist coming to our church and it's kind of ironic I later many years later I became his pastor but he came to our church and he uh he was struggling with the fact that the promises concerning end times deal with Israel and how is that going to take place with Israel dispersed since AD 70 uh how will that how will that happen how, god's going to have to perform some kind of a miracle to bring Israel together and of course in our lifetime my lifetime i saw that happen in 1948 in 1967 he took control of the city of jerusalem and so uh, uh here we read what's going to take place old men and old women will sit in the streets the children will play uh suicide bombers will have passed into the dim recesses of history uh for israel will live in peace jerusalem will live in peace now I have to ask you a question. Why is that important to us? It's important to us because it ties into all that the end times is about. In Daniel chapter 9 and verse 27, he gives us the timing concerning the 70 weeks. And uh, you know how all of that works. The, the the 69 weeks and then the 7 weeks and the 63 and then the one week, which we're still awaiting, the seven year period. And uh, he says that this is for your people and your holy city, Jerusalem. That's why Jerusalem is important. That's why Jerusalem is is important. In 1967, we saw Israel take control of the city of Jerusalem. As I've watched the negotiations closely down through the years, never have countries who have won land in wars had to give it back with the exception of Israel. You look at the peace negotiations with the Palestinians uh, through the years, And the Palestinians have given up nothing. It's always Israel who is to give up something. But God's going to settle the account. God says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Judgment will come and and God will prevail. In Matthew 24, in verse 15, Jesus is talking about the signs of the end. The, The disciples ask, what will be the sign of your coming? They weren't talking about Armageddon. They just had gotten hold of the fact that he was leaving. And they they said, you said you're coming back. Well, what should we look for? And he didn't tell them there wouldn't be any signs. He began to tell them what's going to take place before his coming. And in verse 15 he says, Therefore, when you see all of these things begin to take place, as described in the first five seals, he said, when you see all of these things begin to take place, when you see the abomination of desolation, as spoken of by Daniel the prophet, the midpoint, of the 70th week, the midpoint of the 70th week, in 2 Thessalonians, and Charles referred to it last night. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the man of lawlessness will stand and declare himself as God. Where? In the temple, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. In the second half of the 70th week, according to Revelation chapter 11, there will be two witnesses, two prophets. They will prophesy for 1260 days. Any time you see 1,260 days, time, time and a half, time, 42 months, in the book of the Revelation, it's always the second half. So in the Great Tribulation, uh, they will be prophesying. All and where will their headquarters be? Jerusalem. When they are put to death, where will they lie in the street? Jerusalem. And the suggestion, you know, you know the suggestion of anything, of anything else just doesn't fit with Scripture. Now, as Charles said last night, and as we worked through the sign ministries all those years, one thing we, we wanted to be very careful of, and that was we're not sensationalist. Uh, we don't predict dates. Uh, we don't see uh, prophecy under every rock that's turned over. But on the other hand, we have to be realistic as we face the times we're living in and understand what's going on in this world. Because I believe that at the beginning of the 70th week, when this world leader makes a pact with Israel for protection, that the faithful will understand who he is. The faithful will understand who he is. Now, let me just uh, uh, talk about a, a couple of other things here in closing, a relationship to current things that's, that are going on right now. Um, by the way, on July 7, uh, 2009, that was just last week, the Pope calls for a global economy to bring world peace. Back in the early 90s, our President Bush began to talk about a one world order. And as that progressed, the term is now global economy. Global, global, global. You're hearing it all the time. What's happening? We're setting the stage for this world leader. Now, if you read the news, and particularly the news from Israel... It was very likely that Israel is going to bomb Iran shortly. very likely. Just this last week, one of the problems they've had is getting airspace, and Iraq and the United States government will not allow them to fly over Iraq. But they can fly over Jordan. They have a peace treaty with Jordan, and the king of Jordan is rather passive. He's not going to do anything. And Saudi Arabia becomes the other option. And one of the top leaders in the government of Saudi Arabia just this last week said, we will not give Israel permission to fly over Saudi Arabia, but if they do, we won't notice. <laughs> As the door is being opened. This last week, Israel sent two submarines through the Suez Canal up into uh, the shores of Iran. Uh, the stage is being set. The uh, the, the the Israeli government would very much like to have the support of the United States of America. It's kind of interesting. A year ago this past May, a survey was done concerning a number of issues relating to peace in Israel in Jerusalem. And one of the questions in that survey a year ago was, do you trust the President of the United States, who then was George W. Bush? 88% of the Israelis said, yes, we trust the President of the United States. Now keep in mind, God said back in Genesis 12, those who bless you, I will bless, and those who curse you, I will curse. And Great Britain is a great example of those who cursed, and look what's happened to them in the last hundred years. But, uh, they did that same survey May 17th this year. Well, this is up to date. And the question again was asked, do you trust the President of the United States? You ready for this? 6% of the Israelis said yes we trust the United the President of the United States. And a lot of that had to do with the speech in Cairo where he was more pro Palestinian than pro Israel. And Israel supposed to be our friend. You see what's happening in the world in which we live today? Folks, the stage is being set. We need to wake up in uh 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 where he talks about the thief in the night coming to take the unbelievers. He says, But not to you, brethren. Be awake and sober. Sober has the idea of seriousness. We need to be serious about it. And the Bible has so much to say about it. And yet, I find in so many churches today across America, it's not taught. Now, I... I think I'm going to finish on time. So uh, I have a lot more I could say, of course. I've, I've never been one known for a loss of words. Uh, but it, I have a whole folder full of just recent articles here about what's going on in Israel. Um, it's amazing to see God's Word unfolding in that land today. The people are coming back and contrary you know our news media is no longer news Uh, you got to dig deeper contrary to what we're hearing from the news media there were more people in 2000 more jews in 2008 returned to israel than any other year the jews are going home because god's bringing them together for the final hour now the challenge to us is are we prepared are we prepared? You're going to hear more about that in this conference, What you need to be to be prepared. i I'm in Tennessee because of a good friend Joe Dockery. Joe traveled with me. Some of you heard Joe's testimony. He was a very successful businessman, and Joe traveled with me. We did pastors' conferences for a month in India. That's a way too long for an American to go to India. but uh, we we spoke to thousands of pastors in India over that month in various places. And Joe loved the Lord, and uh, we we moved down to Chapel Hill, Tennessee, where he lived, and uh, we were going to play golf two or three times a week and be involved in ministry all over all over the country. And Joe, he's, Joe says, I've got the funds, we'll do it. And six months later, the Lord took Joe home. But if there's one thing I remember about Joe in sharing his testimony, and, and I shared this with the folks at his memorial service as I conducted it, I said Joe's theme was, You need to be prepared. (laughs) And the average Christian today is not. Is not. And that's that's unfortunate. May God help us to be students of the word, to be faithful. God bless you. Look forward to sharing again with you tomorrow morning. I'll be around all day during the conference. And uh, happy to talk with any of you. Uh, Happy to answer your questions. Let you know right up front, I don't have all the answers. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for the opportunity to share. Father, the nation of Israel, the city of Jerusalem is extremely important to you, and you're going to care for it, but your judgment and your, your hand is at work in relationship to uh, the, the land, and uh, the day will come when the penalty of the 70 weeks will be complete. And you will reign as King of kings and Lord of lords, the Prince of Peace. What a day that will be. And Father, until we, ex- we join in the experience of that wonderful day, because we've been washed in the blood and saved through the Lord Jesus Christ, may we be found faithful. Thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen.